For our text this morning, I'll read from the sixth chapter of the Gospel of John, and it's uh, speaking of, as we're going to have a a communion service after our service this morning, it speaks of these things. Sixth chapter of John, the 52nd verse through to the end of the chapter, 71st. Oh, I won't write, read quite to the end. I'll read to the 69th verse. Reading these words in Jesus' name. The Jews therefore strove among themselves, saying, How can this man give, a, give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. As the living Father hath sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall live for ever. These things, these things said he in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Many therefore of his disciples, when they heard this, said, "This is a hard, this is a hard saying, and who can hear it?" When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said unto them, "Doth this offend you? What and if he shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before? It is the Spirit that quickeneth; the flesh profiteth nothing." The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him. And he said, Therefore said I unto you that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my father. From that time, many of his disciples went back and talked with and walked with him no more. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will ye also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Amen. (coughs) Greetings of grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ be multiplied to each one gathered here this morning now and forever. Amen. We have a part of scripture here and I I sometimes wonder I know so little about these things that how how can I even speak on them? But as as Jordan mentioned that this this word could be opened unto us. That's that's the only way anything will come of of any of this word that God would his greatest desire is that he could could show us the depths that are in this word and all the all the wisdom and all the understandings that that he tried to teach people when he was here on earth there's a there's a place, and I was reading it, and I, I have such a trouble 
finding these things again where where there was a, a problem with the with the scribes and Pharisees having a problem with Jesus followers and they they uh, noticed that that these followers of Jesus and John weren't weren't washing their hands before they ate and this this what you might say got on these people's nerves and Jesus points out that that and I think we could say that in all Christian societies cleanliness is is a it's in the forefront with people we see in and I might say heathen societies or godless societies that people people's physical part they don't bother bathing and they don't bother probably brushing their teeth I don't know those details so much but but it seems like their cleanliness is not not in the forefront in their lives but the Jews had gotten so far away from the essence of the word when Jesus walked on this earth that he had to point out to them that that their continual washing uh, we might say in our modern terminology every time they turned around they were washing and they were washing their their vessels and their their cups and their bowls and their uh, church church fixtures also and washed and washed and washed and he Jesus had to remind them that that this has become more important in their lives than, than cleaning up their inner portion. That they were putting too much stock in that. He never he would have never indicated or or taught that, that they should never have a bath or, or clean up, but but this continual washing and I was reading it early this morning when I was looking into this text. This continual washing is we might say gotten out of hand. So in this text we see that the the food that we eat, spiritually speaking, is the Lord Jesus Christ. And Beth was reading me this morning something about the Passover and we know that that Jesus the time that he gave his life and it, it was the time of the Passover the the yearly uh, feast that remembered the Old Testament time when the children of Israel left Israel children of Israel left Egypt and how it was that they were to prepare and be ready to go and they were to kill a lamb and all these things signify the dying of our Lord Jesus Christ and that he was to give his life and we know that he gave as as on the cross he gave his body and blood that we might live eternally there were other physical reasons that this all happened but the, the most important reason was that he gave of himself so that we could we might say enjoy eternity in heaven with him
before this text I read, it says, The Jews then murmured at him, saying, At him, because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And and we know that he, he calls himself the bread of life. I'll read it here. And they said, and, and this has always been this has always been a problem, and I have to say that I've had the same problem. I wonder how how we can eat the the body of Jesus and drink his blood. And and I hope we can go through some of this and explain some of these things. So Jesus tells the Jews that that he is the bread which came down from heaven. And they're saying, of course, they they don't understand the, the, uh, as as we understand the Christmas story, how how God, we might say, confused man, I'll, I'll put it that way, in that if we were to try to imagine or or write a story or anything like that of how God would would send his only begotten son into this world who was with him from the beginning in heaven and we might say spent eternal years with him in heaven and how would he send him to this earth so these people they don't understand these things and they ask this question is not this Jesus the son of Joseph? Well, we see in one of the one of the gospels it goes through all the lineage and it says, as was supposed, the son of Joseph. That's that's what it looked like. So Jesus says he's the bread that came down from heaven, and they ask this is not the, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he saith, I came down from heaven? We know in the Christmas story how it was that he came down from heaven. God caused Mary to be with child of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. He said, the Holy Ghost shall overpower you. And that child that would be born would be the Son of God. We know he was the Son of God. And because he was born of of natural woman, he was the Son of Man also. And these things, with our natural minds, we can't comprehend. No man can come. Jesus therefore answered and said unto them, Murmur not among yourselves. No man can come unto me except the Father which has sent me. Draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. So Jesus goes from from the natural into the spiritual. And... I say he tried his best, and he did. He did a perfect job of explaining these things. We don't always get it. We don't always understand the depth of of what he says. But he says, "No man can come unto me, come to me, except the Father which has sent me. Draw him." God does the drawing. God sends Jesus into our hearts and lives through His Word. People are drawn to him. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, meaning, I believe it says, signifying what death he would die, that death on the cross, he would draw all men unto him. The Father draws them, and it says, I will raise them up at the last day. 
it is written in the prophets. And they shall be all taught of God. Every man therefore that hath heard and hath learned of the Father cometh unto me. Not that any man hath seen the Father, save he which is of God. He hath seen the Father. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. Jesus explains this very clearly. If we believe on him, if we believe in the work that he has accomplished, if we believe, we might say the Christmas story, if we believe the prophets, if we believe the promises all through the scriptures, and we can't just snap into some state of, of going from an unbeliever to a believer. That, that would be nice, and that would be something that I might even toy with or, or have thoughts that this, this would be nice if we could just all of a sudden start believing. God gives faith to believe. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. I am that bread of life. And we know when we partake of this bread of life, we see the two disciples, the story of of the two disciples on the way to Emmaus, when Jesus broke bread in their presence. It's a picture of him opening up this word and breaking, we might say, breaking it down into bite-sized morsels that we can we can handle I am that bread of life your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead this is the bread which cometh down from heaven that a man may eat thereof and not die in one place the, the people were saying to Jesus that that they were they were talking about the, the days of Moses and how manna was was sent from heaven, and it was I guess it was it was rained out of the sky we might say. But Jesus explains how these these people ate this bread and it sustained them naturally, and and spiritually it's a picture of of this word and how God feeds us. But he says these people died. But he says if you eat of this bread that I give you. You will never die. And of course we have have the picture of the the story of the, the woman at the well that Jesus meets, a Samaritan woman. And he tells that woman, and it, it kind of comes in stages, where he explains to her that if you drink of this water, it it will become a well of water in you, springing up unto life. Where where other people can quench their thirst, spiritually speaking. Here he says, I am that bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. And this, this that I was talking about explains, there again I'd have to look it up, but it explains in depth how, how he t- tells them that. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread, speaking of himself, this is the bread which cometh down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. The bread that I give, that I will give, is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. And then this text that I read, then the, the Jews therefore strove among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? 
Well, it seems to me that he explained it fairly thoroughly and, and rightly. And yet, that's that's the question he came up with after all, all that I just kind of went through there. How can this man give his flesh to eat? And we know that we're not cannibals. That's that's one of the things that heathen people have fallen into and and I would say that's very, very seriously wrong and that's not what Jesus is talking about at all. He's talking about this word and how we take in this word and we can we can digest this word and we can find nourishment from this word. So then he explains some more here. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except ye eat the flesh of the, of the Son of Man and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. These people that thought that they were, I read that the last time I was up here, third chapter of, of Revelations, how, how it says that they thought that the Laodiceans, it says, they thought that they were doing fine. Everything's pretty good in our lives. It says, because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. They thought they were on the right road. But they knew not. And it says, and knowest not <clears throat> that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. You know, in the parable of the marriage supper those different ones were called and they found excuses why they couldn't come to the supper the supper is the feast of salvation and their reasons are human understanding I can't go because of this I'm too busy with that I've married a wife I've bought a piece of ground I've I bought a team of oxen and I've got to make sure that they're in good shape and can work for me and all these things. They didn't know. So then in that parable of the marriage supper, the, the Lord calls and says, go call in. We might say any, anyone that will hear. Those that were invited seem to have other things to do. Go, go call the poor and the maimed and the halt and the blind. Bring them into the supper. They're welcome too. Anyone's welcome. This is the feast of God, our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the bread of life and this, this body and the blood of Jesus. Except ye eat of the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood you have no life in you so they're dead as Brother Dick used to say about the, the prodigal son when he went off he was dead in trespasses and sins he was very much alive physically but spiritually he had lost the very best of the very best he had lost that hope of eternal life gone off into his own thinking and his own teachings and teachings of others. J. 
Jesus says, Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. We partake of what Jesus did for us. There's a place that says that we are to always bear about in our bodies the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ. That doesn't mean that we have to go around long-faced and and grieving because Jesus died. If if we do any grieving, we should grieve at our our decrepit condition. We were born in sin and we serve sin. Without enlightenment from enlightenment from this word, we're a hopeless lot. We can grieve about that. But but I think the word would would back that that we're not supposed to go about spending our life grieving about that either. But sin is to be dealt with. This this word enlightens us as to what we do and what we are. And then we can do something about it. We can put away sin. We can have a brother or sister assure us in the name of Jesus that these things have been covered. Jesus has has accomplished these things that we cannot accomplish of ourselves. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood, we partake in the work that Jesus has accomplished by remembering what he did. In in that picture of the Passover, they were to kill a lamb, and and Beth was reading a bunch of things to me this morning, and I said, well, you you could probably read all day. There's so much there. But it was in the Bible dictionary or something you were reading from. But basically they were two. Children of Israel had been pleading and pleading and pleading with Pharaoh that they could leave Egypt and worship in their own way and in their own right and worship the living God. And of course we know the story that he, he wasn't that excited about leaving hundreds of thousands of people that were his slaves. This was going to be a pretty hard on the nation of Egypt to lose these people. The night before they were to leave, they were to kill a lamb and they were to sprinkle that blood on the doorposts of their house. And when that angel came and moved over the houses, all of Egypt. And it says there wasn't a household in Egypt that wasn't affected, except for those children of Goshen, I believe it was, children of God who lived in that area. They were not affected because this angel or servant or whoever way it's described saw the blood on the doorposts and that indicated that these people had the protective hand of God over them. There's no way the death could enter into that house or this this angel could enter that, into that house and take anyone there. This This Passover Jesus is 
tried and crucified and all this at, at the time of the Feast of the Passover. And, it, and it's commemorating commemorating that time. My flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. We can't get a closer relationship than that with our God. We talk of the triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Here we're talking about the Son. He says that if we eat his flesh and drink his blood, he will be in us and we will be in him. As the living Father has sent me and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. There's a place that speaks of Jesus, I believe it's in Isaiah, and it says he will not judge by the hearing of his ears or the seeing of his eyes. And it indicates that, it doesn't say that all men do this, but it indicates that that we're prone to that. And I believe if we have the Holy Spirit, we're not going to be doing that. The song says prone to wander. We can fall into that. But, But this is not what leads and guides the Christian, that spirit. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that, he that eateth of this bread shall live forever. So he's explaining to these people who were murmuring at him, saying, how is it that, that he says he comes from heaven? How... How is it that he claims to be the bread that comes from heaven? How is it that he claims that that he can feed us with his body and his blood? This is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead, and he that eateth of this bread shall live forever. These things said Jesus, these things said he in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Many therefore of his disciples when they had heard this said, this is a hard saying, who can hear it? We just don't understand. That's, that's fine. We just don't understand. It doesn't make any sense to us. Jesus' greatest desire is that people could understand these things and believe these things. They're still looking at the physical side of of eating and drinking here. So they say this is a hard saying, who can hear it? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said, doth this offend you? Of course it offended them. They were very offended at that. Who is he? And there's other places that say, what authority do you have to to do and teach the things that you do. Jesus says, What and if ye shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before? It is the Spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. They they haven't they it, it seems that they haven't even given any thought outside of of fleshly thinking, human thinking. The spirit that quickeneth. Quickeneth means that it, it brings to life. 
I read that often in the 8th chapter of, of Romans, how But ye are not of the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. But we have the spirit of Christ. We are of him and of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. We put down the old man, the sinful portion. We strive against that. We fight against it. It's, it's going to be with us till we die. But Jesus promises, promises us that if we wage this battle, we will prevail. The right will prevail. The body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the, de- de- from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies. By his spirit that dwelleth in you. He gives our mortal body. This physical side of us. The reason to go on. Gives us, as I say, a lift in our step. It is the spirit that quickeneth the flesh, profiteth nothing. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. These aren't... These aren't idle words that he speaks. He says they're they're spirit and they are life. They quicken our spirit and they give us life. They give us hope. But he says, but there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him. And he said, therefore said I unto you that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my father. It would be nice to go straight to the Heavenly Father. But the Word teaches us that Jesus is a mediator between man and God. And Jesus says when he left, that I won't leave you comfortless. I'm not going to leave you. When, when I leave in physical form, the last we see of Jesus in physical form is, is when he spoke to Mary after he rose from the dead and he said touch me not and, and it's a mystery what happened then but I believe he had to go and present himself or somehow this was accomplished that he he was found acceptable of the heavenly father that this sacrifice that you have gone through with at my bidding Speaking from God's point of view, at at God's bidding, Jesus went through with that. He said that he would, that it could be some other way. He says that when he comes into Jerusalem, and he says that when in the Garden of Gethsemane. Could it be some other way? It was not something that he, in his physical man, wanted to face. But he said, don't go by my will but by your will. The will of the Heavenly Father was that he was to die, to suffer for our sins. No man can come unto me 
except it were given unto him of the Father. The word is put before us like a meal, like a feast. And we can either reject it or we can partake of it. And it draws us. If we partake of it, if we reject it, we know what happens. Men turn away and they don't want anything to do with it. They turn their back on it. If we partake of this word, it draws us and it feeds us. And it quenches our thirst. It satisfies. You know that the things of this life don't satisfy. And Shane's grandpa Carl said, <coughs> said of the, of these things that it's, it's that way that you just need more and more and more. You're never satisfied with the things of this, this world. This word satisfies. It gives us peace. It gives us faith. It gives us hope to carry on day by day. We have, we have our daily struggles and trials. It gives us hope to go on and move on. So we see here that the results for many people were not good here. It says many of his disciples, these people that were following him, earlier on there talks about about the miracle of, of the feeding, I believe it was. And it says, Jesus says, I say unto you, ye seek me not because ye saw the miracles, but because ye did eat of the loaves and were filled. Labor not for the meat which perisheth, perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you. For him hath God the Father sealed. Jesus left the testimony that he is the Son of God. John, after he baptized Jesus says, Behold, the Lamb of God. As close as they were, and as close as they grew up together, you might say he finally proclaims that to the whole world. This is the Son of God. Believe him. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then Jesus said unto the twelve, there, there could have been thousands of people there, and many that the word records that they believed. They saw the miracles, and they were fed. It says they maybe their faith was stronger in the fact that they were physically fed than than the fact that the miracle took place. It seems that Jesus indicates that. So he turns to twelve of them that are left. We don't, there might have been more that we're believing. It doesn't say. Jesus turns to his, his 12 disciples and it says, Will ye go away also? Am I going to be left alone? We know that Jesus, we sing that song, alone in the Garden of Gethsemane. No one else there. No peers. No helpers. No one else strong enough to defend him. But he went to the trial alone. He went through the Garden of Gethsemane alone. He turns to the twelve and says, Are you going to? 
Peter answers him, Lord, to whom shall we go? There's no one else. Thou hast the words of eternal life. You have what we need to reach heaven's shore. And we believe <clears throat> and we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the Son of the Living God. What a testimony. What a what a revelation he had. We believe and we're sure that you're the Son of the Living God. Peter we see in different instances there. And even after this, denied Jesus three times. But it says he went out and wept bitterly when it was revealed to him all that had taken place. So we see a heart there that is a repentant spirit. And that's the spirit, this broken and contrite heart and spirit. That's the spirit that this word encourages in the believer. That we would seek these things. That's the spirit that man can't muster. That's the spirit that is awakened when this word in its power and simplicity speaks to us. May this, may this word always guide us and lead us and warm us and encourage us. In Jesus' name, amen.
public can remain in here for everyone that wants to join in. We'll start with the Apostles' Creed if, everyone, if anyone wants to join in and say it together. I believe in God the Father Almighty. Thank you for the brother I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born by the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell, the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. And from hence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life of God. Amen. Let us pray with and for them who will now partake of the Lord's Holy Supper. Lord Jesus Christ, thou bread of life, grant that thy holy communion may be a blessing to all those who today shall partake of it, that through the power of thy body and blood they may receive peace and comfort to their souls, and be strengthened in faith, love, and a lively hope of eternal life. Amen. Truly it is meet, right, and blessed that we should at all times and in all places give thanks unto thee, Holy Lord. Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup. When he had supped, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye, as oft as ye drink it, in remembrance of me. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which is, and which was, and which is to come. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Let us all praise our Lord Jesus Christ taught us, saying, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in the earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for God is the kingdom, 